0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by Earth Breeze liquidless laundry detergent sheets that are good for the planet and make laundry simpler. Have you heard of Earth Breeze laundry detergent? These eco sheets look like dryer sheets, but they're not. It's a revolutionary liquidless laundry detergent that dissolves 100% in any wash cycle, hot or cold. No measuring, no mess, and no heavy plastic jugs. Just toss the sheet into your washer when you start the cycle. My clothes came out so fresh and clean, and I feel good knowing I'm positively impacting the environment. EarthBreeze is great for sensitive skin and compatible with high-efficiency washers. They offer flexible subscriptions so you can get detergent delivered right to your door via free, carbon-neutral shipping without all the bulk of heavy detergent jugs. Switch from the old-fashioned goo to something new. Right now, my listeners can subscribe to EarthBreeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash 3 and 30 to get started. That's earthbreeze, B-R-E-E-Z-E, dot com slash 3in30 for 40% off. earthbreeze.com slash 3in30. Welcome to 3in30, a podcast to help you feel more like yourself within your motherhood. Each 30-minute episode features three actionable takeaways to help you become a more self-assured mom, someone who knows yourself, honors your needs, and loves your people. Listen in to feel encouraged as we learn together how to overcome overwhelm and find more magic in motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, my friend. I am so excited for today's episode, all about how to organize your schedule like a Pinterest-worthy closet. We have a bit of a series going on with the podcast right now, all about decluttering. Last week, we learned how to declutter a physical space with professional organizer Candy Kid. And today, we're going to be learning how to declutter our schedules with a busy mom of four and professional stylist, Rachel Bagley. And next Monday, May 8th, my audio course, Declutter Your Motherhood, will be for sale, and I can't wait. This 11-lesson audio course builds on the concepts I've been discussing on the podcast but goes so much deeper with step-by-step guidance on how to release mom guilt and shoulds and start making room for more joy in your life. You'll be able to listen via a private podcast feed with a 25-page reflection workbook that goes along with it. So if today's episode piques your interest, be sure to get on the waitlist for my course by texting the word waitlist to 33777. And you'll get all the details and an exclusive discount code sent right to your inbox on Monday, May 8th. In the meantime, I can't wait to introduce you to my friend Rachel Bagley. Rachel is the voice behind Cardigan Empire, a personal styling company dedicated to embracing body types and finding attainable beauty. Rachel has applied her skills as one of anthropology's top personal stylists, a college fashion professor, and a fashion consultant to hundreds of individuals and businesses. In her work, she spends a lot of time in people's closets and she is here today to help us apply some of the principles of closet organization to our busy mom schedules. Here we go. Rachel, welcome to 3 and 30. It is so good to have you here.
1: It is so good to be here with you guys. I am so excited to tackle this topic.
0: Well, I want to give a little bit of background for the listener before we start of how this topic came to be, how you ended up on 3 and 30 talking about this. It's been a long time coming, so... Early March of 2020, I actually just looked up the dates. It was March 1st through 6th, 2020. So everybody think about what happened a little later in March 2020. Like this was right before the world shut down. Rachel and I were at Alt Summit, a big conference together, and shared a room. And I did not know you before then. And so it was really fun to spend that week. That's a bonding experience to share a small hotel room with someone.
1: You really get to know people.
0: Yes, you do. And Rachel taught this class at Alt Summit, but I couldn't attend it because I had some pre-scheduled work calls and things I couldn't move around. And then when the pandemic hit, I kept thinking, I wish that I had been able to go to Rachel's class on organizing your schedule because I'm homeschooling my kids now. Everything is going crazy, you know, and I just kept thinking about it. So I reached out to Rachel and I asked if she would teach it as like a webinar to the 3 and 30 community. She said Yes and 800 women signed up for that class, Rachel. (laughs) Which people who don't know online business won't realize how huge that is. Like to normally get even 100 women on a webinar is a lot for online business. The fact that 800 women signed up, I was like, okay, we all really need help with this topic apparently. And so I love having Rachel teach that back then, but that was three years ago, so now it's time to bring it to the podcast. So we're glad that you are going to share this information here because I'm guessing there's going to be more than 800 women that are grateful for this topic being shared on the podcast today.
1: Well, this woman is grateful to revisit this topic. I think it's one of those things that we have to come back to over and over again in our lives because as women, we have a lot of roles that we are quote unquote dressing for, right? Like Mm -hmm. we are mothers, we are wives, we are professionals. And so we don't have a straightforward like nine to five job where we just have one major role in our life. And we really need to think carefully about how we put our lives together and how we schedule our time.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so true. And I've heard you say that the reason why you volunteered to teach this topic at all is because it doesn't come that naturally to you. Oh, no. Yeah. And you wanted to have a reason to dig into the research and put together a presentation. And I'm the same way. I feel like you and I have that in common, that we're both kind of scattered creatives and very full lives, but also crave order and consistency. And so it's kind of trying to bring together what we want in our lives, which is more structure, and make it work for our personalities. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's your first takeaway for how we can organize our schedule like a Pinterest-worthy closet?
1: All right. So the first takeaway that we need to remember is we have to make sure that we're inventorying. You have to already see what's in your schedule before we decide what is most important and what's serving us in our schedule. You have to think about everything in your closet or your schedule as paying rent. It has to deserve to be there. So I tell my clients, I tell them all the time, we sometimes want to hold on to something Because we had a good experience in it. Or maybe like this used to be a really good part of your identity. You were the party person, right? You always loved winning parties for your kids. It was something you really enjoyed. But maybe you've come to the point in your life where your kids have kind of aged out of those kind of parties. Or maybe you have grown out of this outfit. And even though you want to get back to that size or that time in your life, that is just not serving you anymore. And we need to make sure that we don't get overly sentimental with those sort of things and just live where we are right now. Hmm. So it's really important that we are able to say goodbye to those things, but first we have to even realize that they're there. And so I think it's really important that we spend some time doing our inventory and taking a look. Now there are a couple different ways you can do this. The good way to do this and good is always a great place to start is to just estimate like what are my most common tasks and how long do I think they would take me, right? Like I have timed myself getting ready in the morning I don't know how many times because that's something I do over and over again and I want to make it go as quickly as possible. Hmm. Now, if you want to do that a little bit better rather than just estimating the time, like I'm actually timing myself doing those things because we forget about the transition times, right? The time it takes us to get all the stuff out to get ready in the morning hmm. and the time that it takes for our kids to interrupt us a few times or you know, the time it takes to put everything away All those sort of things eat into our schedule and we need to make sure we're giving ourselves buffers because, Rachel, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm always overly positive about how much I can get done.
0: A hundred percent.
1: I remember being in junior high and I would have myself doing back-to-back assignments in my Franklin planner that I had back then, you Mm -hmm. know, for like six hours straight. That was going to work. I wasn't even going to need to go to the bathroom, right? Like it was just going to (laughs) happen. So if you can time yourself, estimating is good. Timing yourself is better on the most common tasks. Best is go for a whole week and just journal what you're doing. Don't make judgments. You are just gathering information. You are a little anthropologist. And I love a system like Toggle. It's T-O-G-L. You can go into something like that or just see your notes on your phone. And every single time you start a new task, you start, okay, 8.05, you know, I was making breakfast for the kids. Or 9.10, I'm tucking my house in, you know, like doing a little laundry, doing a little Whatever. So if you can actually journal it, I think you'll be surprised at some of the things that actually take up a lot of your time.
0: Yeah. So you're inventorying everything that you do in a day or a week, and that way you can actually look at it and make informed decisions about it. Because how can you make decisions about what you want to get rid of when you don't even know what you have? Exactly. Talking about like in your wardrobe. You take everything out and you inventory it so that you can see it all. But our time is so much more nebulous than that. And we think, why am I so overwhelmed or exhausted? But when you actually inventory it, you're like, oh, this is why I'm so overwhelmed and exhausted. It makes sense. I am doing a lot and I'm not leaving myself buffer room in my day.
1: Exactly. And you need that sort of thing. It's similar to if I went and cleaned out somebody's closet and they had everything still in the laundry. I'd make a lot of different decisions about what they had in their closet Mm -hmm. if it's not all there, if it's not all accounted for, if everybody hasn't been roll counted, right? And so when I did this for myself, I found out I was spending so much time cleaning, Mm. so much time cleaning. And I appreciate a tidy home and I appreciate all those things. I'm all for it. But when I looked at how much time it was eating in my schedule, I'm like, I actually don't want to be a professional maid. And I could get help on this and I don't need to judge myself about that. Like if I want to hire somebody or if I want to take out some time in my cooking schedule, if I want to buy, you know, like a meal subscription service so I don't have to spend as much time shopping or whatever it is that is eating up a lot of your time that's not bringing you value, that's not one of your top priorities, then go ahead and give yourself the grace to make changes in that.
0: Yeah. And I think having this hard evidence is really good for you to be able to see and make decisions, but also for you to have conversations with your partner to say, like, look, I logged my time for the week and I spent 25 hours cleaning or doing laundry and cooking or whatever the home tasks. And I don't want to do that anymore. So, what solutions can we come up with that would make it so that I have more time for our kids, for my work, for whatever our shared values? So it can be a really non-emotional conversation, if you feel like you have a partner that wouldn't support you in getting help, this might be a way to really bring them the evidence and say, look, let's come up with some stuff. And maybe we don't have it in the budget to hire someone to help me, but maybe we brainstorm together easier meals or we figure out a chore system so the kids are helping me more. But I'm essentially doing two full-time jobs here. And look, I have the evidence that shows it. So I think that that can be really valuable. Absolutely.
1: I have a very data-oriented husband, and sometimes I have to bring charts and graphs to him when Mm -hmm. I want to have these sort of discussions. (laughs) And you have to speak in their language. It makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, totally. And I will say in my Declutter Your Motherhood workshop that is coming out soon in a week, (gasps) yeah, I talk about how when my friend came and helped me professionally organize my house and we did my closet, I was surprised that she had me take everything out of the closet. I had thought, like, can't we just thumb through it? That's how I had organized before. I'm like, I know it's all here. It's not in the laundry. It's all in my closet. So let's just keep it on the hangers and just thumb through and talk about each one. And she said, no, no, no. Take it all out and it will be an entirely new level of deciding what deserves to go back in.
1: I absolutely love that.
0: Take it all out. Look at it. Wipe it down. And then I love that you mentioned, Rachel, think of everything in your closet as paying rent to be there. Like, what deserves to go back in this closet? It's similar for your schedule. What deserves to go back into my schedule? Sometimes we just sort of default to, like, well, I've always done this or good moms do this. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think was really powerful about the pandemic is that we were all sort of forced to do this.
1: Yeah, everybody's calendars got clean and wiped automatically.
0: Yeah. And were we intentional about what we put back in or did we just jump right back into it? Maybe a mix. But what was your experience with that, Rachel? After having your calendar wiped, were there some things you let go of after? Or what was your experience with that?
1: Yeah, I absolutely had things that I let go of. There were just some sort of services that I offered that I felt like just took up way more of my time and I didn't really enjoy. There Mm. were certain things that I just thought, you know, like mental health is really, really important to me. And so I had to Mm. think like, no, I am going to make these non-negotiable times in my schedule where I get to do these things. And I think being flexible with yourself and where you're at in your life right now. And just saying, you know, right now my children, I have a 13, 12, 10 and seven year old. And I'm starting to think, yes, I'm out of the heat of like diapers and all those sort of things. But especially with my older children, I have to schedule time to connect with them because they're independent Mm -hmm. enough that they will go under the radar. And I have to say like, nope, I really want to be able to have conversations with them and build those relationships That aren't just based on things like, did you get your homework done and have you set the table and actually hearing about the little books they're reading or different things like that. And I think doing this sort of activity on at least an annual basis, if not twice a year, because that's what I recommend to my clients too, is that they go through their closets as a seasonal cleaning. And then I tell people all the time when they're cleaning out their closets, you should have a laundry bin in your closet at all times, where when something doesn't fit or you don't like it, you toss it in the laundry bin. And I think we should do the same thing with our schedules. If over and over again, we're coming across something that's bringing us a lot of frustration that isn't working, I think we need to be flexible enough because I'm a stubborn person. I'm super loyal. I'm the kind of person, if I open a book and I read the first page, I'm like, well, I hate it, but I've got to read till the end. Like I've already (laughs) invested. Like I am here. Same thing with like a TV series. I'm like, well, I don't like it, but there's like seven seasons to go, and I better finish because this is just where we're at. And I think we need to abandon the all-or-nothing mentality and just say, okay, well, this isn't working for me, and I'm willing to get rid of it. But I'm definitely doing this on at least an annual or a semi-annual basis if you can.
0: In your closet, in and your closet, in your and in your life. Yeah, that's so powerful. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Spring is finally here in my mountain town in Idaho. We hit 60 degrees over the weekend, and I couldn't be happier about it. A new season always makes me excited to change up our dinner menu a little bit, and Green Chef makes that simple. They have delicious, easy-to-follow recipes that support healthy lifestyles. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. My husband Ryan and I trade off making dinner, so it's nice to have the pre-portioned ingredients and detailed cooking instruction card ready for whoever is cooking that night. We recently made the beef cavatappi skillet, and I probably pronounced that wrong, but it was definitely a favorite. I loved it just as much the next day when I had it as easy leftovers for my lunch. And did you know that Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh? This means there's something for everyone with lots of plans to choose from. With so many customizable options, you can't go wrong with Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Go to greenchef.com 3in3060 and use code 3in3060 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com 3in3060 and use code 3in3060 for 60% off plus free shipping. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I love this quote by therapist Dr. Julie Hanks. It's directed to parents, and she says, make sure you include yourself in your circle of care. To me, this means that you care for yourself as thoughtfully as you care for everyone else in your family. You don't come first, but you don't come last either. Everyone's needs in the family matter, whether that is physical, social, or emotional needs. It takes getting creative sometimes to make sure your needs are met as a busy mom, but it's worth it. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. I'm continually so grateful to have a therapist to check in with regularly, and online therapy makes this even easier because I can fit it into my busy days without even having to leave my home. If you think therapy would help you to prioritize your own care, give BetterHelp Online Therapy a try. Just fill out their quick online questionnaire and you'll be matched with the therapist in about 48 hours. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 3 and 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 and 30 What's your second takeaway for us?
1: So my second takeaway, I absolutely love organizing and I have found that we need to look at the containers we use. So Parkinson's law is basically like whenever you have an activity or something like that, it's going to absorb all the space that you give it, right? So if I give Mm -hmm. myself two hours to prep for a meeting, I can use all two hours to prep for a meeting, which is why I end up kind of procrastinating until like the last Mm -hmm. 30 minutes because then I know I've only given myself 30 minutes and then I only have to stress about it for 30 minutes, right? So life can be like Jello. Whatever sort of shape you give it, It is going to absorb all the area that it has. You know, we see it in clothes all the time. Like I have specific bins for each of my wardrobe categories. So like workout leggings, I have a little container where the workout leggings are supposed to go. And if I have more than that, I got to stop buying where I got to get rid of, right? I can't Mm -hmm. just keep adding to it because I don't want to do laundry or those sort of things. And I think we need to do the same thing with our lives and say like, this is what I think is a reasonable amount of time to give this area of my life. Whether that's volunteer work or whether that's a hobby or whatever it is in your life, you need to be able to decide, this is what I want to give this and this is what makes sense. So like I said, we can't just give ourselves back-to-back activities and just say, I'm gonna get all these things done on my to-do list and I've got like 80 things to do and I'll just get it all done. Instead, it makes way more sense To time box the areas of your life. And you can say to yourself, okay, I have 15 minutes right here in this window. I'm going to spend that time answering the emails. I may not get to every single email in my inbox. I might not be able to answer in detail every single thing, but I can give this 15 minutes now and then I can come back to it again later. But I don't have to spend my whole day answering emails because I've just said, this is 15 minutes. That's what we're going to do now. And then I need to move on to something else. And just being okay with starts and stops because that is part of having a diverse lifestyle and lots of different areas of your life you're interested in. And in the end, you will get to it, especially if you're willing to start and stop. Because sometimes I don't even want to start something because I'm like, well, I don't have four hours to finish it, so I don't even want to pick it up. And then you just end up procrastinating and procrastinating and procrastinating. So if you can actually time box, that really helps me out a lot.
0: Yeah. I love the idea of time boxing as if it was a container in your closet, because I know when my friend helped me organize my house, I had a sock drawer and I had no idea how many socks I had and I wasn't wearing most of them. But when she said, okay, we're going to divide this drawer and we're going to get a container. One side in the container is going to be sports bras or whatever. And then in the other half is going to be socks. So now those socks were no longer allowed to fill the whole space of the drawer. Like you were saying, Parkinson's lob. they just spread and they filled. So I had to go through the socks and get rid of the many that I wasn't wearing, those that had holes and everything, so it would fit in the container. I hadn't even realized how many socks I had accumulated. And I think that that's true with our schedules of You know, when we give ourselves a big block of time and we don't give ourselves limits, we don't even realize sometimes how much time it ends up taking up. More than it's worth, honestly, certain tasks. Oh, absolutely. And so to say like, no, in this time block, I have one hour to do this task and I'm going to get done as much of it as I can and then stop and start and come back to it if I need to, it holds us accountable. Women so often, I think we all will be like, oh, I'll fit that in. Like when we get an opportunity or something, we're like, sure, I'll take it, I'll fit it in, when without really looking at, is there even a spot for it? Like, I can't just think that I can keep stuffing stuff into my life. Is there a spot? Is there a container? Is there any margin for me to add this thing? If not, it doesn't fit and I can't say yes to it right now, which is really, really hard for us to do.
1: It's really hard. I think that if we start looking at things like that, I love the example of socks because Nobody wants a wardrobe full of socks, right? You don't want your whole life to be socks. I mean, socks are necessary and we need socks. But if you're very intentional, Marie Kondo would tell us that we need to fold them ever so particularly and be respectful of them and put them in their place, right? And I think (laughs) the same sort of thing can happen with things like social media, right? Like I consciously, Mm. anytime I open up social media, I put my timer on my watch and I say, okay, you have this long to do this on social media because it is specifically engineered to just keep you there as long as possible. It is not your fault. There have been many human development studies yes. to try and keep you there as long as possible. And so letting yourself say like, okay, I've got 10 minutes to do this. and That's all the time I'm going to spend on that. And then, you know, move on to the next thing. And just a lot of times when I get afraid to just start and stop, I say, I'm going to write the worst possible draft of this ever. Like I'm not going to Mm -hmm. try and write the best thing ever. I'm going to write the worst one that I can think of, which just takes all the pressure off, right? I usually end Mm -hmm. up writing something decent, but you just say, I'm just going to start. I'm going to keep going until the timer goes off. And then I can give myself a break because it's hard for me not to procrastinate. I don't know about the rest of you, but if I do that time boxing and I make myself commit to starting on things, that really has helped me a lot.
0: Yes. Well, you're speaking my language as a procrastinator and a perfectionist, which I think those two often go hand in hand. Like you said, because we're thinking like, I don't have four hours to make it perfect. So there's no point. So taking the pressure off and saying it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm just going to get something done in the next 20 minutes. And in the end, you usually get a pretty decent product. Actually, Oh, absolutely. I'm usually really pretty happy about it. Yeah. So then what's your third takeaway for us? The
1: last thing I like to say is we have to assign our activities a home, just like you would physical items. So I love having things where I know they're supposed to be, right? There's nothing worse than like looking all over to find that one thing and somebody has moved it into the wrong location. And (laughs) I think when we don't know where the home of our activity is, that can make us feel disjointed and cluttered as well. So what I do is I use location triggers. So that it can help me do a behavior. This is actually from Atomic Habits, which is an amazing book. I really enjoyed that one. And you have to be able to group your behavior with location. So my husband has been trying to convince me for years that I should work out at home. Because that's what he likes to do, right? And I'm like, I can see that's efficient. There's all these advantages to it. But when I work out at home, it goes like this. I'm on my way to go work out, right? I have this whole idea in my head. And I'm like, oh, wait, the laundry needs to be changed. Oh, wait, this person needs this thing. And then 90 minutes later, I still haven't done a single rep. So I always say my workout place is at the gym because when I'm at the gym, I can focus just on getting my workout done and enjoying that, which is really important for my mental health. Everybody's happier when mom has gone to the gym and then I can come home and I can come back to my life. And I have other areas that I do different things. Like I used to always work in my bed when I was working on my computer because that was comfortable, right? Right. And the thing was, it was really comfortable, right? So it's like, take a little nap, work a little bit, (laughs) browse some TV. Like you just get distracted in other. So I don't like to mix my sleep zone with my work zone. I have dedicated an area of my office just to getting work done so that I can stay focused there. And I think when you have location triggers, whether it's for meditation or whether it's for whatever thing that you want to value and prioritize in your life, then it's going to make a big difference. I think we sometimes think, well, it doesn't matter. I can work wherever. But for me, one of my most productive areas is a lot of times when I take somebody to like art lessons or doing their taekwondo lessons or something like that, I stay in the car. I don't go back home and I work in my car. It is a very quiet zone. That is just mm. one of my areas where I can crank out some uninterrupted work. There's nobody else there. And I know that I have that kind of uninterrupted space to work with. So think about not just when you're going to do the activity, but where you're going to do the activity, because that makes a big difference in our headspace and and how productive we're going to be and what we're able to get done.
0: I love that you shared that example of working in your car because that's unconventional. Like you probably didn't set out thinking, my workspace is going to be in my car. I but know. you looked at your schedule and you did that inventory of your schedule and you thought, here are some spots of time where I could fit in work and I can make this sort of a home for my work. Not the only home. I also have my office where I do work. But that is such a unique way of using your time well and also a little location trigger for you that's unique to you. Yeah. Not everybody who gets into a car is going to be like, and now I'm working, yeah, but know. it works for you.
1: And my kid teased me. They're like, oh, mom, how's your little office going? And I'm like, oh, great, because I have my heated seat. I'm able to just yeah. mesh through the Wi-Fi on my phone. And I have actually gotten a lot done in that little area. And it's made me be more productive. And just finding those little niches so that I'm not up until 2 o'clock in the morning because I wasn't able to use those times
0: earlier. Yeah. And I feel like if you don't live in a big space, you can create some location-specific triggers even oh, within for the sure. same room. And how would you recommend that if somebody is like, well, we live in a studio apartment. I always work on my bed because that's the only place to work. What would you say to that person?
1: I think you can do things even maybe you have like a temporary shift desk that you move out, right? So you can have like my laptop desk is out. I have this. I have my water beside me. And creating that mental space for yourself or even doing things like, Mm. okay, I'm going to change positions and turn myself around. I think all the time we underestimate that we have like these beautiful souls living inside our bodies, but they are housed in a physical body. And we need to pay attention to what we're doing with that physical body, because when we position that correctly, it can make a big difference on what's going on inside our head and what's going inside our hearts. So if you can just move yourself Mm -hmm. and create something that triggers you to say like I am in a different zone, it doesn't have to be big. It can be turning yourself around so you face the opposite direction.
0: Yeah, totally. Or even like putting on headphones. So it's a physical trigger of like we're going into a different space right
1: now. Oh, yeah. I love my headphones noise canceling all day long. One (laughs) thing I would tell you guys as far as When you put that schedule together, just make sure you give yourself buffer space. I tell people in their closets, we don't want our closet items jammed together so you can barely get your hand in and you're like trying to rip the piece of clothing out and breaking the hanger in the process, right? We need negative space in order to see things in our closets and we need negative space Mm -hmm. in order to transition. So you need time between activities so that you can kind of switch gears, so that you can go to the bathroom, so that you can have a breath. You need those kinds of moments. And so I want you, whenever you're switching a task, give yourself at least a minimum of five minutes, 15 minutes, if at all possible, just to switch gears, especially if you're not going between a task like, okay, I'm doing two different work tasks. That doesn't take me that long to transition. But if I'm going between cleaning my home and going into work or trying to go out Mm. for a date night with my husband and those sort of things you really need time to transition and buffer between those sort of activities. To mentally
0: switch gears, absolutely. Absolutely. Mentally is a big deal. And I think sometimes when we talk about productivity and schedules and calendaring, it can be misconstrued as use every minute. Pack it all together and use every minute. But what you're saying is, no, don't use every minute. Leave some space so that you can mentally transition between your different containers and tasks.
1: Right, and the whole point of this like, of course, yes, I want you to be more efficient, but I also want you to feel more peace in your life. Mm-hmm. I want you to feel less chaos. The whole point of when I clean out people's closets, it's not because I want every single person to walk out and be like, I am always the best dressed person in the room. And everyone is just shamed by my amazingness. <laughs> it's just, we want you to match your inside self and your outside self and be able to walk out and feel like you. And be able to show up as the amazing person that you are and just feel whole, right? Mm. And I want that same thing for everybody when they're looking at their schedules, that they feel balanced in the amount of time they're spending on each of these different activities and that they are feeling that natural flow. And of course, every day is not going to be perfect, but that you just feel control and intention in what you're doing.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been beautiful, Rachel. Thank you so much for sharing these takeaways with us. And if listeners want to work with you, tell us a little bit more about what you offer.
1: So I offer a lot of virtual services. I can help you find out your colors. I can tell you your body type. I can put together a whole customized fashion profile for you where I tell you everything on how to put together a capsule wardrobe and all that kind of stuff. And feel free just to reach out and come find me on social media and say, hi, I'm at Cardigan Empire.
0: All right, great. And we'll link that in the show notes. Well, thank you. Thank you, Rachel, for sharing your wisdom and for coming on 3 and 30. Thank you, Rachel. Many thanks to my friend Rachel for sharing her insights into how organizing our schedules can be a lot like organizing our closets. To recap her three takeaways, remember, first, track your time for a week as a way to inventory your schedule. This is similar to taking everything out of your closet before you decide what you want to keep and what you want to get rid of. Once you have a full picture of how you're spending your time, you can make decisions about it, including deciding if there are tasks you want to trim down, delete, or delegate. I love that Rachel said, we need to think of everything we own as paying rent to be in our closet, and it should be the same for our schedules. How much value is that activity actually bringing to our lives? Because it's taking up a lot of space, and once we see that, we can make decisions about it. Second, put your tasks into containers or time boxes in order to keep them from taking up more time and space than you'd like. Rachel mentioned Parkinson's law, that everything will take up the space we give it. So instead of giving yourself four hours to complete a task, give yourself one hour and see what you can get done. If you need to come back to it later and spend some more time, that's fine. But when we give a task a container, it's less likely to turn into jello that spreads out and fills up more space in our life than we actually want it to. And third and finally, assign your activities a home or a location trigger. In the world of professional organizers, they say that our physical items should have a home, the place where we know we use them and put them away so it's easier to find them. The same can be true for the different tasks in our lives. Figure out where you do your best work, your best workouts, or your best meditating, whatever activity is important to you, and try to do it in the same place as often as possible. This will become a location trigger for your brain so it can stay more focused on the task that it's working on. I love these actionable takeaways, as well as Rachel's reminder that this isn't about becoming the most, quote, productive person in the world and maximizing on every spare moment. It's about finding more peace in the midst of your busy mom life and being able to focus on the things that are most important to you. If you want this for your life, if you want to go from feeling weighed down by expectations and busyness to feeling more connected to yourself and your children, you are going to love my Declutter Your Motherhood audio course, which comes out next Monday. Get on the waitlist to get an exclusive discount code on launch day by texting the word waitlist to 33777. I am counting down the days until I can get this course into your hands. Friends, I am rooting for you always, and I hope this episode has given you some hope and tools in the midst of your busy mom life. You're doing a really good job, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.